0: Hello, everyone. Welcome back, and thank you for joining us on the Live Unreal with Glover You podcast, where every week, Jeff Glover and his coaches will dive deep into questions that you are asking. They understand the challenges you are facing on a day-to-day basis and still work every day on the front lines of real estate, with Jeff and his team closing over a 1,000 homes per year. In today's episode, we dive into business planning for 2022, With the beginning of the new year rapidly approaching, it's time to think about what we want our businesses to look like and how we're going to meet our goals. In the first of a two-part series, we start with the important foundational pieces of your business plan and cover the first steps to maintain and grow your business. Now, let's hear from Jeff
1: we've got a lot to get to, so we're going to go ahead and jump right in. For those of you that had signed up online or registered, you've received a link to the plan. All of our associates, you guys already have the plan in front of you, so that should be pretty easy for you. If you're wondering where is this printed copy of the plan? Check your email, it was sent to you. Make sure you print it off because I'm gonna want you to take notes on it. And if you're one of those that just like to take notes on a Word document, that's totally fine too. If you need an immediate copy of the plan, meaning like, I don't know, did this go in my spam? Where's my email? You can just text the word biz, B-I-Z, to 55444. Text the word biz to 55444 and you'll get an immediate copy of the plan if you don't have it yet. Okay, let's go ahead and jump in. First things first. I'm not going to sit here and read my bio to you. Basically, my name is Jeff Glover from Detroit, Michigan. I've been listing and selling real estate now. This coming May will be my 20th year. I'm on the ground with you. I'm told all the time, anytime we do a webinar like this, at least a third of the webinar is brand new, which sounds like about a 1,000 of you have never attended anything of ours before. If this is your first time on one of our webinars, I want you to go ahead and throw that in the chat. First timers, raise your hands, put something in the chat where you're coming from. I'd love to hear from you guys, and I'd love to see those messages later because we're going to give away a lot of cool stuff today and I like picking on some first timers when I give some stuff away. Again, Jeff Glover with Glover U. We've got a great group of producers here in Detroit. We sell between 900 and 1,000 transactions a year. We've been the number one home selling team in the state of Michigan for eight years now. And we are ready to share with you our 2022 plan. So thanks for joining us. Okay, go ahead and turn to the free resources page in your plan. You should be on the free resources page. I'm gonna share with you a couple resources because from time to time today, or time to time over the next hour, I'm gonna reference some of these. So that way, you can go back and add additional tools to your business that you might not already have. So if you would turn to the additional resources, or I'm sorry, free resources page in the plan. There's some notes down there at the bottom. I'm going to give you some notes. While you're all getting on, again, thanks for joining us. Make sure you're letting us know where you're coming from. Make sure you're chiming in if it's your first timer. We appreciate you guys being here. First things first, I want you to write down the word morning. And next to that, I want you to write the word five, five, four, four, four. Morning, five, five, four, four, four. What is that resource? Well, that resource is a free daily text message where every Monday, every Tuesday, every Wednesday, every Thursday, every Friday, I send out a message, something related to success in the real estate industry. Sometimes it's inspirational. Sometimes it's just get to work. Sometimes it's, hey, I was on a listing appointment last night, and here's what happened. Uh, sometimes it's, hey, here's what's going on with Facebook and how we how we just you know got a client off of a Facebook group. Every Monday, every Tuesday, every Wednesday, every Thursday, every Friday, I'm sharing that. You guys, of course, all have that already. If you're not signed up for that, it's super easy to do. I'll show you how to do it. Take out your cell phones. So go ahead and take out your cell phones as if you're texting your friend. Now, our group here doesn't have our cell phones because we don't bring them to meetings. But for those of you that are watching on the Zoom, go ahead and to- pull out your cell phones and you're going to text as if you're texting a new friend or a new family. Well, probably not a new family member, but if you're texting a new friend, the phone number is 55444. 55444. And in the body of the message, you're just going to type morning. The body of the message, you're just going to put morning. You're going to hit send. It's gonna sign you up for that completely free. Now if you're wondering, Jeff, are you gonna spam me through this? No, we already do. We've already got all your information anyway, so nothing's gonna change there. The daily message is Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. It's yours, it's free, it's on me. That's resource number one I wanna share with you. Resource number two I wanna share with you is while you have your phone in your hand, open up your Facebook app. So go ahead, once you do morning to 55444, go ahead and open up your Facebook app. And at the top, Right next to the little messenger thing, there's gonna be a magnifying glass. And you're just gonna type Glover space U space inner circle. It's gonna pull up a free Facebook group. And while it's asking if you wanna join that Facebook group, it's probably also gonna ask if you'd like to subscribe to our quarterly publication. We produce 35,000 copies of these every quarter. They go out to top producing real estate agents all over North America. If you want it, it's free, it's on me. It's going to ask you, sorry, my phone does that sometimes. It's going to ask you if you would like to subscribe. Just put your information in there to our quarterly gazette. That's what this is. Now, if you're watching this and you're like, Jeff, I don't need another Facebook group, I don't really have time for that, go to GloverU.com forward slash gazette. That's an easy kind of workaround if you don't want to go through the Facebook group. But not sure why you wouldn't want to be in the Facebook group because that's where we drop all of our scripts, all of our techniques, all of our ideas, all of our videos, anything that we come up with, we put there first for you. All right, so that's called the GloverU inner circle, and that is the Glover Gazette that comes along with it. All right, speaking of giveaways, we're going to do a lot of giveaways today. I think we have, oh yes, on the next page. You'll see that there if you turn to the next page in your business plan. Man, I've got, let's see, we've got Live Unreal Health Kit. We've got the new business plan that we're giving away, which is super cool. Um, You guys are all going to get one here in a second, so you'll see that. You're going to love that. And um, anytime you're on social media, Facebook or Instagram today, make sure you're tagging us, our social media team. Is here in the room as well, and they're looking for people who are using the hashtag GloverU on any of your posts. So, whether you're sharing a selfie, you know, a picture, an aha, a screen share, whatever you're sharing out there on social media between now and the end of this business plan, I want you to make sure you're utilizing the hashtag GloverU. That's how we're going to find you. Tag us, of course, through Instagram or Facebook as well. We will find you. We're going to be giving away stuff all for the next hour. We got a lot of stuff that we're going to give away. And our crew is ready to go find those and get those up on the screen as well. Okay, actually, you know what I want to know? Um, Let's see. Our next tour stop is going to be in Phoenix. So we're going to do one right now. Our next tour stop is going to be in Phoenix. It's coming up on December the 1st. We've been going all over the country, which maybe if you've followed us, you've seen that. The, The next three people from Phoenix that say, yep, I'm in Phoenix, throw that into the chat. I'm gonna see you in Phoenix, you're gonna come see me and I'm gonna give you one of our planners, all right? So that's the new planner. These things sell for like 40 bucks online. GloverU.com forward slash shop. I know a lot of you guys already get them. A lot of you guys already order these each and every year. If you're in Phoenix, first three people to say they're in Phoenix and come see me on December the 1st, you're on me, all right? So they'll make a note of that in the chat so you guys have that. They'll get your information. Just go ahead and say, yeah, I'm in Phoenix. Now you gotta come see me, of course, on December 1st in order to get that. Okay, let's jump into the plan. We should be on part one of the agent business plan. And here's what's interesting about the plan. Every year, this plan gets an update. Every year, we take a look at how we operated as a team, uh, what our business looked like, what our listings looked like, what our sales looked like, what the industry looked like. You know, I know a lot of real estate teams and agents are operating, well, every year I do the same plan, same plan every year. The challenge with that is, the industry changes so much right the trends the disruptors the technology we cannot operate from the same plan each and every year so every year our plan gets an update and this year is no exception in fact this year's fl- plan is actually 14 parts so we're going to go through 14 parts over the next hour and i know we're going to have some questions and so forth as well so as you have questions feel free to ask them if you're on The webinar, obviously with the thousands of people that we have on, we're not going to be able to get to all your questions. But what I recommend you do is make a note of your questions as we go through this. And so long as you're in the inner circle, you can go back and post some of your questions. I know there's going to be a lot of engagement, a lot of questions from the plan in the actual inner circle itself. So make sure that you make a note of it, write it down, and post it in the inner circle. We're going to answer them as fast as we can for you. Okay, So let's jump in. First couple parts of the plan. Part one, part two, part three. My high analyticals, my high Cs in the room, show of hands. High analyticals, high Cs, where are you at, OK? You, you guys are just going to geek out over this. This is going to feel like so natural and so right and just so good. My high Ds and high Is, where are you at? Expressives, high Ds, high Is, OK. Just bear with us for the next 10, 15 minutes. I promise it gets good. It gets better. We're going to be OK. All right, we're going to make it through it. So this particular. Plan and the reason why I, 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 when I I want to make sure everyone understands, I was first introduced into a business plan back in 2007 when I hired my first real estate coach. And that year I had sold 38 homes. I'm sorry, 42 homes that year. And I met a real estate coach and said, I want to sell 100 homes. And we actually wrote out not a 14-part plan. We wrote out a simple one-page plan. And that plan had units and how many appointments I had to go on and how many appointments I had to set and how many people I had to talk to. Now obviously, it has grown from there. But the reason why I share that story with you is because I can't really think of a time where I've produced at a high level without a plan. And it's amazing to me because there's so many agents in the industry today that come to the sales meetings, you know, they show up to their office, and they talk to a few people around the office, and they, they do what they can to participate, but they're not actually operating from a plan. They don't actually have something that they're measuring their results against on a regular basis. And so it's our mission, of course, as a team, to hold you accountable to this. Because I know I had someone hold me accountable to this. And when I did, I hit my goals. And when I didn't have someone hold me accountable to this, I didn't hit my goals. And so I'm going to challenge you guys, whatever it is, whether it's getting to an event, you know, participating in, in, in the inner circle, you know, whatever you have to do, hiring someone to hold you accountable, going to your leader and saying, hey, I just got off this webinar. I've got this plan, I want to work on this plan, you know, will you hold me accountable to it? It won't work unless you have somebody asking you how it's going. And so, and our associates know this, I mean, it's part of our standard. When we have one-on-ones, we pull out the business plan. All right, how are we doing so far? How can we get better? And I know that, you know, just from our leadership team, it's our job to continue making sure that that's part of the one-on-ones and not just like, hey, how, how things going, you know, how things feeling. So let's jump into the first couple parts of the plan, and we'll start with part one, and this is called year-end projections. The purpose of the year-end projections, and you'll notice there's notes to the left or to the right for you to make notes. My recommendation is that you're not actually filling out this plan right now. You're going to go back and do this plan later. But we left notes specifically to the left or to the right or to the bottom, so that way you can go back and review those notes when when you have time to sit down and put some serious thought into this. When we're going through part one of the plan, the year-end projections, I want you to understand that essentially what we're doing is we're developing your ratios. We're helping you understand where you're at. Part one is all about, when it says year-end projections, know that, that it's, it's cool to know about where we're gonna end up and how much money we're gonna make and all that, but know that the real reason why we do part one is to help you determine a ratio. Because if I can figure out what your ratios are, then when you say to me, Jeff, hey, I made $100,000 in, in 2021, I want to go to 200 next year, the first thing I can look and say, okay, well, let's take a look at some of your ratios, and then now let's plug them into what your what your units goal are, what your what your volume goal is, and figure out how we ha- what has to change, what has to increase. The challenge with that conversation is I can't have that conversation with you if I don't know what your ratios are. And so that's why a lot of you, of course, our associates are familiar with us and any, anyone that follows us at Glover U, that's why you, we use the program SISU because SISU essentially does that for us, right? S-I-S-U, it helps us track our ratios. So when I'm looking at my year-end production, projections, I'm gonna go through these fairly quickly. The ones that are self-explanatory, I'm gonna skip over, but I wanna make sure we understand that when we look at this, this is all about figuring out where we're at to determine where we wanna go. That's the purpose of the year-end projections. All right, so daily contacts. Obviously, if we're using our CSU correctly, we're going to know what that number is. By the way, the definition of a contact today, because it's evolved over the years, the definition of a contact today is a response from a decision-making adult. A response from a decision-making adult. For years and years, it used to be a hello. They answer the phone or they open the door. That's hello. That's a contact. Today, it's a response because we get a lot of responses through social media. We get a lot of responses through you know, Facebook or through email or through text message. A response is considered a contact today. So whenever we talk about what's your daily contacts or how many contacts did you have yesterday, all those responses, somebody responding and telling you to go fly a kite via email, that's a response. That counts as a contact. So then, OK, what is my average daily contacts? Well. For this group here, I mean, this is the highest performing real estate team in the state of Michigan. So the group in here on average, they're making anywhere from 15 to 25 contacts a day. And that's just kind of a normal thing for us. But I know for some of you, you might be in an office where, man, we only make like five, six contacts a day. I'm not suggesting you go from five contacts a day to 15. I'm not suggesting you go from 15 to 30. But right now, if you're averaging, say, five contacts a day, maybe you bump that to 10. Or maybe you go from 10 to 15. We're going to have to stair-step it a little bit and that's okay. Client events hosted, how many client events did you do in 2021? Total database touches, following along now, total database touches. Again, a touch, call, text, email, events, anything you can do to touch your database. How many touches did you have to your database? It's a whole other workshop, but we've done, you guys have probably heard, the database formula, which with you guys we're going to cover a little bit later uh, later today how that's changing. What are you doing to touch the database? How many touches do you have out? You've heard of things like 33 touch and 27 touch and 18 touch. How many touches did you have in 2021 to your database? If it was two or three, you're going to get left behind. We've already learned that as an organization. We were that organization years ago, until we got to a point where we realized, okay, we have to touch the database more. And then all of a sudden, our agents are having better years and making more money because they're doing more database business. Next, I have written down total contacts added to database. Total contacts added. To database. We call this the exchanges because there's people that you meet each day. There's people that you're in contact with. There's people that you don't meet that make sense to add to the database. Think about today, all right? <clears throat> For years and years, we've known it, the red book. Of course, Gary Keller, a great mentor, the red book. Mets and have not met's. The problem with that is that was written in 2001. Well, in 2001, there was no social media. There was no, like, middle group How do you define someone? You all have someone, by the way. How do you define someone that, let's say you met them out somewhere for the first time, but you've been friends with them on Facebook for a year and a half. Let's say you have even commented back and forth on stuff. Let's say they've hearted or reacted some of your stuff, and then you just happen to bump into them at the grocery store. What is that? Where Where do they fall? Well, we call those exchanges. People that you have good exchanges with that make sense to add to your database. So, by the way, the definition of an exchange, I'll give it to you now, the definition of an exchange is someone with whom we've had good exchanges with, someone with whom we've had good exchanges with, that may refer or transact business with us. Someone with whom we've had good exchanges with that may refer or transact business. That's a huge group of people that we're missing out on because we we stumble across these people all the time, right? We, we stumble them on social media. We bump into them somewhere. Or maybe we went to their house to do a CMA, and they didn't become a client. They didn't become friends. But we met them, and we became friends on Facebook. What do you do with that person? That's someone that you're going to label. In, in our world, we label them as an exchange in our CRM. For some of you, it might just be creating a separate spreadsheet altogether. You know, you've got past clients. You've got sphere of influence and you have exchanges. That group needs to grow. In fact, today, we've got a large portion of our business from this group coming out of that group. Why? Because we've treated our exchanges almost just as good as our past clients in Sphere. We've invited our exchanges to events, right? If you're not considering inviting your exchanges to events, you're missing out on an opportunity. These are people that are gonna know you, like you, trust you, and refer you. And if you're not considering getting them to an event, You're missing out on opportunity because if they're not going to your client event, they're going to go to somebody else's. If they're not in your circle, if they're not in your Facebook, they're going to go to somebody else's. We believe so much in it at the bottom of the daily planner. I'm going to put you on the spot. Do me a favor. Can you read the one, two, three, four, five? Read the first five down there, please.
0: Sure. Contacts made. Contacts made.
1: Appointments set. Appointments set.
0: Appointments gone on. Appointments gone on. Sign. contract signed contract signed
1: contract signed sorry add to database and add to database that's it you can stop there and add to database meaning by the way is that at the bottom of every page it is it's at the bottom of every every day right
0: yep
1: so that's part of our culture that we are looking for someone at least one i mean think about it if we're going to be talking to 10 or 15 people a day anyways there's got to be someone who makes sense to add someone that we hit it off with someone that we have a good conversation with somebody that that could refer us later. We have to be more conscious about adding people to our Exchange database. Otherwise, we're going to get left behind. Why are we going to get left behind? Because technology and disruptors are driving wedges between us and our clients. Technology is driving a wedge between us and our client. The disruptors are driving a wedge. And they're essentially, the the old rule of thumb used to be this. Oh, you'll get about 10% return on your database. 10% return on your database. That's the old rule of thumb. right? So if you got 100 people in your database, you'll do 10 deals. If you have 1,000 people in your database, you'll do 100 deals. That was the old rule of thumb. Well, as you guys heard at one of our events, uh, uh, January 2020 in Orlando, Florida, we talked about how that number's dwindling. That number's probably like 75 or 8% of your database will do business with you or refer you. So then what do we do to get that number up? We either have to add more value to the group, or we have to add more people to the group, or do both simultaneously. So I can't stress enough how important it is as this group. You'll be hearing it a lot more. And of course, for those of you that come to our events and follow us online, building that exchange database is going to be crucial in order to not just maintain your level of production, increasing your level of production in 2022, because there's so many outside influences trying to pull from our database. Next, continuing on with listing appointments set, met, signed, sold, closed. That's essentially how you determine your ratio. I don't know what those numbers are. You know what those numbers are. So you know how many you closed. You know how many you sold. You know how many you signed. You know how many you met. You know how many you set. OK, you know those ratios. And that's you determine what those are based on your numbers. Same thing goes for buyer's appointment set, buyer's appointment met. Buyer offers sign. Notice in parentheses there, it says first only. Meaning if you wrote five offers for a buyer, I don't want want the number five times how many buyers you wrote. I want the number of just how many buyers decided to write an offer with you. How many of those ended up selling and how many of those ended up closing? The difference between sold and closed is pended and closed, because not everything we penned makes it to a closing table. Total units closed, that would obviously be a combined of listings closed plus buyer closed. Total volume, that's pretty self-explanatory, totaling all up all up your deals and sales price. What your income paid will be, what your average commission check is. Pretty simple there, you take your total income paid based on your units, boom, there's your check. Top three sources year to date, we're going to cover that one a little bit in section two, and your average sales price. So part one is designed to help us develop ratios and to help us understand where we are so when we're planning for next year, we can look back and say, okay, I wrote down just a, for instance, I want to have 10 buyers closed, okay? Don't write this down, but this is just, I just, I filled out one for myself or my own peace of mind. If I want to have 10 buyers closed, then based on my numbers, I'm going to need, to need 11 buyers pended. And in order to get 11 buyers pended, I'm going to need 18 buyers to write an offer with me. Why do I need 18 buyers to write an offer with me? Because based on my numbers, 60% of the buyers I meet sign an agreement with me. So if I want to sell 10 buyer sales closed, I'm going to have to have 11 sold, 18 that are going to decide to write an offer with me. In order to get 18 to write an offer based on my ratios, I need 29 new buyers that I'm going to meet. Well, Jeff, how do you know you're going to need to meet 29 buyers to get 18 to write an offer? based on my year-to-date ratios of the buyers that I have met who have written an offer. Well, what do you mean by that? Well, if I've written, let's say I've met 20 new buyers so far this year, 20 new buyers in 2021, either a buyer consultation or a first showing. 20 new buyers in a buyer consultation and a first showing, and 10 of them wrote an offer with me. First of all, would you guys say that's pretty good? That's 50%, right? That means half of the buyers, I got a 50% ratio of getting buyers to write an offer with me. That's a good thing. So now I'm going to take that ratio, and I'm going to use it when I go to my 2022 plans. Questions on part one, year and projections, the ratios of the plan. Question? Yes, um, can you go over again? Why are we only tracking the first buyer offer um, sign only? only? Yes. yes. The question is, why are we only tracking the first buyer offer? Because that will tell me how many buyers I need to meet in order to hit my goal we can't control how many offers I have to write to get accepted, because the seller's motivations change, Devante. Right? We don't know, you know how strong our buyer is, how weak our buyer is. That's something that we can't control. But what I can control is, if I know how many buyers, if I can figure out how many buyers I have to meet in order to get one offer written, well, then I know how many I have to set. And if how many I have to set can tell me, based on my ratio, how many, I, how many leads I need, Right? So it can go all the way back to the contacts, basically. So the buyer offer signed first only is important because that I can control. I can't control what percentage of my offers get accepted because that has a lot to do with what the seller's needs are, what the seller's wants are, what the listing agent's needs are, what the listing agent's wants are. Make sense? Makes sense. OK, good. All right, let's move to part two of the business plan. High I's, high D's, are you still with me? High Expressives, are you guys still with me? I know we're almost through this part. I promise we're going to get to the fun stuff. This one will go a little faster. Part two, business sources. By the way, do we have any giveaways yet? We have some giveaways? Planner giveaways? If you guys could uh, let me know when we have those. Uh, Anybody that's chiming in, uh, anyone that's using the hashtag, I got some giveaways here. Basically, every couple pages, I want to do a giveaway. So if you're using the hashtag out there, our social media team is behind the scenes right now looking for your posts. We're going to give you some pretty cool giveaways. Okay, part two is the business sources pending and closed. So what I'm doing here is I want to know where all of my business came from in 2021. Because if I take my ratios plus what I'm good at, now I'm ready to plan for part three, which is, what do I want to accomplish? So part two is all about determining what closings do I have from each one of these sources on the plan. Right? Where are my closings coming from? And the reality is, is these are every single, this is basically every single piece, every single piece of business in the real estate industry today. Now I did leave one down there for other, so you might have a particular source that doesn't, that, that, that's not on here. Go ahead and just write that in, that's fine. But when you look at these sources, there's a couple of them that I wanna point out to you because for the most part, they're pretty self-explanatory, right? Like the first couple are mostly database focused, right? We know that. For sale by owners and expires, I still have to this day people saying, are you guys still doing a lot of business from sale by owners and expires? You know, it's a top five source of business for this group. So I don't care what market you're in. For sale by owners and expires, it's still a big source of business for us. Circle prospecting doors, advertising branding, social media. I do want to make a note on social media. If you're going to give credit to social media, First of all, let me say this. Social media is a platform to help you with your other sources. For the most part, social media is a platform to help you with your other sources. The only time I'm going to give credit to social media is if it was a new contact that I had never met and was never in my database. Okay, so let me me restate that. When I see social media on there, if you're like, oh my God, I get business from Facebook all the time. I get so much business from Facebook all the time. I love that. Okay, were they in your database before? Well, yeah, they're a past client, but they reached out to me via Facebook. I don't care that they reached out to you via Facebook. You have to understand there's other things you do that led them to do that. So Facebook shouldn't actually get the credit for that or social media shouldn't get the credit. Social media only gets the credit under two circumstances. If it's a brand new contact, meaning it's someone you've never met before, and or it's a lead that you've paid for, right? Because you can buy leads on Facebook and social media. So social media gets credit only if it's someone you've never met or it's a lead that you've paid for. All right, I want to make sure we point that out and keep those separate. And you might say, well, why do you want to keep those separate, Jeff? Well, because if you're doing a lot of efforts to your, to your database, let's say you're doing events, you're doing mailings, you're doing postcards, you're doing pie giveaways, you're doing all this stuff and all of a sudden you have an influx of people that reach out to you on social media. If you give too much credit to social media, you might let your foot off the gas on database. You might say, hey, this social media thing's taken off. I don't really need to keep doing these pies and keep doing these events. I'm getting a lot of it over here. You have to understand those two work together. The social media is a platform to help you with your database. The only time social media really should be getting 100% credit for a transaction is if it's someone you've never met or it was actually a lead that you paid for through social media. Sign writers and calls and and text writers, just listed, just sold, direct mail, open houses, ISA appointments, for those that aren't familiar. That stands for inside sales associate appointments. Whether you're with a team that has an inside sales team like we do, or you're paying for somebody else to make calls for you. Referral sites and companies, those are like your HomeLite, Dave Ramsey, those types of places that take 25 or 30% referral fees from you. Google pay per click, farming or hybrid farming, walk ins, office reputation, Zillow, Trulia, realtor.com, agent referrals, online reviews, which is a big one for us, a huge one for us right now. Uh, just listed, just sold cards or postcards, video marketing, which could also include YouTube ads. Anything you're doing on YouTube could fall under video marketing and Facebook lead ads. And of course, I've got some room down there for other, if you have anything else that was left off that maybe is a source of business that did not make the list. These are our sources of business, in case you were wondering, that's why it made the list. Now most of you are not going to have every single one of these filled out. In fact the best producers only usually work three to five different sources. So most of these are gonna be NA, you're gonna have a line through them, or you're gonna have a zero. But for the majority of this room you're gonna have two or three of them where you got some pretty high numbers, you know, 22 for sale by owners, um, 13 Zillow or whatever, you're gonna have some pretty good numbers in three to five of those categories. Questions on part two, the business sources, where our business comes from. Questions? Yes. Um, What happens when a Zillow opportunity refers you to someone? Does that still count as Zillow? What happens when a Zillow opportunity refers you to someone? Does that still count as Zillow? Absolutely, that still stays as Zillow. And the reason for that is because the source is always the source. What would happen is, let's just say, hypothetically, let's just say you had a Zillow lead that you bought and you have an investment in your mind or or like with our team obviously we're paying for most of that and all of a sudden our results from Zillow started going down but the database business was going up because you were considering that referral from that Zillow as database. Well now as a as a business person you or the team we make the we may make the decision man our Zillow results have just been tanking. But really what's happening is our agents are getting a lot of past client repeat and referral business from that original lead. Well, if we dial down Zillow and we're finding that Zillow is actually becoming very profitable, then that'll hurt us two to three years from now because we won't have that referral. Does that make sense? So the source is always the source. If it starts off as Zillow, we wanna give, make sure Zillow gets the credit for that because now when we go back and look at, well, Zillow, I didn't really get a good ROI. Well, if you look at over the last 36 months, how was your ROI? Well, I guess if you stretch it over the last 36 months, if you include those referrals, you include this, you include that, then I guess that makes makes sense. If you wanted to get super granular, you could and we do this sometimes Amy with advertising, with mass advertising, you could give what's called like 50% credit. So like, you know, you you, you might give if if let's just say with advertising, billboard and radio, well, I don't know, I, I, I listen to you guys every time I drive to and from work and I pass you guys on the freeway. Well, all right, we might give 50% of the credit to billboard and 50% of the credit to radio, but we have to make sure we're giving both credit because what we don't want to have happen is all of a sudden we're giving it all to one source and then we dial down another that actually ends up being very profitable and very lucrative for our associates. So that's why that, that's important. Thank you for that. Okay, let's jump to part three of the business plan. We got a winner. All right, let's see it. We got our first winner, and we're going to give away. It's going to be on the screen. Awesome, awesome, awesome. Nice job. Uh, Realtor Sabrina, if you fail to plan, you plan to fail. There we go. 2022 business plan. Hashtag Glover You. Let's hear it for everybody. Let's hear it for. Nice job. You are walking away with the GloverU Live Unreal Daily Business Life Planner built by real estate agents for real estate agents. They're going to get your information. By the way, if any of you are wondering like, hey, where do I just get one of those? You go to GloverU.com forward slash shop to get your hands on this. Okay, let's jump back into the plan. We're on part three, 2022 goals. Okay. Most of what is under 2022 goals is covered in the projections, So I don't necessarily need to go through each one of these in detail again, because we just mostly went through it. But I do want to point out a couple things on here, because I get this question all the time. Jeff, when I'm looking at my goals, what percentage should I increase each year? All right, When I'm looking at my goals, what percentage should I increase my goals each year? So I'm going to give you a rule of thumb just in my time of doing this. If you're one or two years in the business, your goal should increase by 50 to 100%. If you're one to two years in the business, an increase of 50 to 100%. Why is that? Because of the learning curve. Because there's so much that takes place in the first six, nine months of the business, the learning curve, it doesn't even, it's almost like that six to nine months doesn't even matter because you were learning so much during that time. right? It's very common. If an agent in our world does, say, 18 transactions their first year, it's very likely that they're going to go from 18 to 30 or 18 to 36 in their next year, because that first year they had to spend so much time taking a step back to learn and grow and get ready for year two and beyond. So if you're wondering, because I get the question all the time, like what is a reasonable amount I should increase my goal? If you're one to two years in the business, 50% minimum, meaning you did 20 deals in your first year, first of all, that's a great year, good for you, then you probably could do 30 to 40 your next year, right? 50 to 100% if you're year one or two in the business. If you're between year three and year five, to a 50% increase. So if I'm in year four in the business, and you know, I did, say, 30 deals last year, a good 25% number would be going to 40 or maybe 42, right? Why does, why does a, a year three or year four person not dig to double? Because what happens is you, you're, you're only doubling in the years where your, where your learning curve is growing rapidly. So once you're at year three or year four, your learning curve is still As long as you're learning and growing and showing up to events and so forth, don't get me wrong. You're still learning and growing. But you've already got everything that you need to do to, to increase your business by a minimal amount each year no matter what. So a good rule of thumb is if you're three to five years in the business, it's about 25 to 50%. Now having said that, if you've been in the business four years, unless you were part time or something, it's not common that you're going, to go, you're going to double your business from year four to year five. That's not common, unless, again, you decide to just double the amount of time or double your spend or double something like that. And if you're five years or more, a good rule of thumb for those that are five years or more would be a 20 to 25% increase each year. It's a good rule of thumb if you're five years or more in the business. Now, I know we have a lot of associates that say, you know what? And I love this, by the way. This is a good goal, too. So I'm going to put a disclaimer out there for any of you guys watching live. We have a lot of associates that are like, you know what, Jeff? Uh, I'm good making a buck 20 a year. I'm happy with my 120. Uh, instead of working 50, I averaged 55 hours a week last year. I'd like to get that down to 48 in 2022 and keep my income the same. And my response is, I love that. Now what will have to change is your schedule will probably have to be a little bit more intense, and you might have to be a little bit more intentional if you're going to dial back the hours. So there's absolutely nothing wrong with saying, "Hey, I'm good with making a couple hundred thousand a year. I just don't want to work 70 hours a week. Or I want to make half a million bucks a year, but I don't want to work 90 hours a week. Well, then there's probably something that we're going to have to adjust in your schedule in order to make that happen. But a good rule of thumb, five years or more, is going to be a 20 to 25% increase, okay? When you look at the 2022 goals again, we're not going to cover all of them because we cover all of them in the ratios there, but pretty much it's the same things. There's just a couple things I want to talk about here. Remember, database ads. How many people do you want to add to your database next year? A good rule of thumb is one a day. I think one a day is a very fair number. If you're talking to five people a day, one a day may be tough. You know, you got, probably got to talk to 10 or 15 to find one person that it makes sense to add. But a one a day is a good number. In by the way, if there's 250 working days in a year, if you subtract Sundays and holidays and conferences and so forth, one a day works out to 1,000 people that you've added to your database in four years. Imagine if, think of your current past client and sphere database, think of your social media database because that's a whole other topic we'll get into. Now you have another group of 1000 people that that are becoming to know you, that are becoming to like you, that are becoming to trust you, that are receiving your stuff, that are being invited to your events, that are receiving your mailings. That's going to be a big group that's going to refer you and I would put a lot of I would consider putting some good energy into that each day. That's why it's at the bottom of each page of the planner. Okay. Top 3 sources will be. Top 3 sources will be. My recommendation, you're going to look back and see what you had good success with in the previous year. And you might consider doubling down on those sources. Most top producers have a minimum of three sources that they work regularly, no more than five. The mistake a lot of agents make is they spread themselves too thin. Let me try this. Let me try that. That didn't work. Let's try this. This isn't working. Let's do that. Let's go grab this. Let's go grab that. Three to five, no less than three, no more than five. That's a good rule of thumb in terms of your source of business. I like to identify going into the year what I think my top three sources will be based on what I did the previous year. Projected average sales price and then projected average commission check. I like to keep those the same. I know a lot of people say, well, I like to look at what's going on in the market. You know, our price is going up, prices are going down. I can't control what's happening in the market. So I just look at, what did I do in 2021? All right, that's about what my sales price will be. What did I do in 2021? All right, that's about what my check will be. 2022 goals is all about saying, OK, here's where what I want to do. OK, this is like what we're going to do. We're going to get into the how in just a minute. But before we do, do we have any questions on the part three 2022 goals? Yes. When is the right time to add a new source of business? The right time to add a new source of business is when you've exhausted all your efforts on a source that's working pretty well for you. So in other words, I'll use expireds as a for instance, because you know, Dave, I worked those since day one in the business. When I first started in the business, I was just cold calling expireds. And then something kind of hit me, and it's like, you know what, what about these people that I don't have phone numbers for? What about the days I don't have appointments? What if I go see them at their door? So now that's exhausting another effort towards expires. I was calling, and then I was at their door. And then I started thinking, well, wait a minute. What about these people that aren't answering? Then I left flyers at their door. But then I thought, well, what about these people don't live in their homes? Then I did direct mail, right? because it's a vacation home or a rental or something like that. Uh, And then it was like, all right, wait a minute. I'm doing all this, and now I'm on appointments, How am I going to talk to these people at 4, 5, 6 p.m. when they're getting home from work when I'm on appointments? So then we hired our first ISA. So that's an example of exhausting all your efforts on a source before you move on to the next one. So I didn't add for sale by owners, by the way, until I did all those things. And then I thought, okay, I've really got this expired market captured. Now let's add another source. Now let's see what I can do with for sale by owners. So I would not move on to another source until you've truly exhausted all your resources with a source that's working for you already. Make sense? Okay, good. Let's go to part four of the plan. Part four of the plan. We're going to start to have some fun with it here. Plan of action. The plan of action. This is where we're writing in everything that we're doing to double down on those three sources. So back to your question, Dave, this is where you would write in all the things that, all right, I'm doing this already. I'm doing this already. What else could I do to get more business? from that source. This is where you're writing in. This is like you're exhausting your efforts plan, basically. And I want specifics. I don't want things like, well, I need to prospect more. I don't want things like, oh, I need to work my leads more. No, I want specifics. You give me a daily contact goal you want to hit. Give me a daily mailing goal you want to hit. Give me a daily um, people you want to add to the database goal that you want to hit. I don't just want it to say, I need to work more, I need to prospect more, I need to lead follow-up more. The key to part four, the more specific you can be, the better, right? Don't just write down, I want to hold more open houses. How many more open houses do you want to hold? What are the hours of the open houses? What weekends are you holding them open? How many weekends per month? I want you to be as specific as possible, right? Don't just say, I need to lead follow-up more. What does lead follow-up look like for you? What is your lead follow-up plan? I want that to be written in there. So part four of the plan of action, I have always said for years, is one of the most important parts of the plan, because it is essentially everything you're going to do to hit what you just said you wanted to do in terms of your unit and production goals. Questions on part four of the plan? Please. Are you still recommending we follow the three-by-three-by-three by three by three rule? Are we still recommending that we follow the three-by-three-by-three by three by three rule? Absolutely. And so as a refresher, the three by three by three is three calls, three texts, three emails in three days. Three calls, three texts, three emails, all within three days. Now that might sound a little aggressive. That might sound like a lot. But I'm telling you, um, MIT isn't wrong. And by the way, the Harvard Business Journal published that MIT was correct in saying that Do you know that most prospects respond to your attempts after the fifth and sixth reach out? In fact, it's 80% at number five. At the fifth reach out, it's 80% respond after five reach outs. It goes up to 90 after six reach out. You can Google this. All you have to do is Google um, MIT lead study. There's all sorts of reports on this. It's actually a pretty fascinating study. And so I'm glad you asked the question, Jennifer, because I feel like so many agents, they get a lead. What do we do? Call them, text them, email them. I mean that. I call them, I text them, I email them. If they want to get back to me, they'll get back to me. I mean, if they want the house bad enough, they'll reach out to me. Well, that's only three. If the study is telling us that it takes five or six, how much money are you leaving on the table by not just doing that one more time, right? So I want three calls, three texts, three emails in a three. Day period. That is the rule of thumb to follow in 2020. And we've been following that for years as is. So yes, to answer your question, we are still following that. Thank you for that. Thank you for taking
0: your time to join Jeff today on the Live Unreal with Glover U podcast. To get started on having an unreal business, take the real estate self-assessment. After you complete the assessment, a member of Glover U will get on a call with you to create an action plan to improve your score. Go to www.gloveru.com self if you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe. Search for Live Unreal with Clever You on iTunes, Podbean, or Spotify and subscribe today. Until next time,